0: Good morning, this is Karen's Corner. Hope everyone had a very happy and safe 4th of July. As you know, Monday morning are Monday morning Bible studies. So today we're going to go to the book of Job. And I know if you are one that studies the Bible, probably most people have heard about Job. For those of you who have not, let me give you a quick kind of synopsis and just catch up to speed before we go into our subject. So Job was a man that lived in the Old Testament, and this was before Jesus Christ uh, came and resurrected the world, redeemed the world back to his father. Um, Job was a man who had... Um, a lot of livestock. He had seven children. Um, he had um, lots of crops. Um, he was a very wealthy man at that day and time, um, which would equate to this day and time to be someone that was a millionaire, basically. Um, and Job was, you know, he did the best he could. He would pray for his children after his children would have um, feast where they might have became drunk and could have said or did something that would have offended the Lord. Um, Job would go in every morning and make sure that he prayed for his children or prayed for forgiveness for them if they had did such a thing. And one day, Job was stricken with an illness, and he lost everything he owned because this was something that the devil had um, basically partitioned to God and said, you know, let me do this to him because right now you have a hedge of protection around him, so why would he not? give you praise. I mean, you know, he has everything that he could possibly want, so sure, he'll praise you, but if you take it all away, I'm pretty sure he he would curse you. So, you know, God said, sure, go ahead. I know my my servant Job. Um, So basically, that's what happened in a nutshell. So, I read the entire book of Job um, recently. I had heard and, you know, we hear um, when you're in church or you're in places where people are talking to you, who are also uh, people of spiritual um, connections, and you hear sometimes people talk about Job. Um, so I'd always known the story, but I don't think I knew the story the way I found the story when I reread the book of Job. Uh, The first day I got through the first 13 chapters of Job, and I had to literally stop because by the time I got to that 13th chapter, I became so overwhelmed. And within that first 13 chapters is pretty much the last inning of what I just mentioned of how the angels and the devil had both came to God and But the devil had asked God to let him try his servant, Job, that God was in awe of. And because God knew that Job would not curse him and die, um, he gave Satan permission to go ahead and to do what he wanted with his servant, Job, but not to take his life, not touch his life, is what God told him. So what happened to Job is that one after another, I mean, he was losing his camels. He was losing his oxen. He was losing his goats, his sheep. Um, soon his, his um, crops were dying off and people were taking his items. And then a, a mighty wind came through and it killed. It, it fell on the house where his children were having the festival or the feast and it killed all of his children. And Job was just getting bad news after bad news and he was just like, what's going on? And, you know, and then he was just, he was, he was in despair. He was in bad despair. And you think about that would be any of us, um, to lose everything and then just be devastated. Um, his wife, eventually came to him and said you old fool you know why don't you just curse God and die kind of attitude and Job just dismissed it and he went off by himself and um, by this time Job's body was covered in these boils all over I mean um you're talking about the bottom of your feet the top of his head he had shaved all this hair off he was not eating, was losing weight, I mean, he was depressed. You want to talk about depression, that's depression. To the point where any clothing
1: probably on
0: his body was painful because of the boils. And they talked about how he took old pottery and broke it. And he would take that pottery and just scrape at his sores. The maggots and the worms that were just crawling in and out of his sores. And you know like back in that day it's hot, there's no air conditioning um, there's really no way to get comfort in flies. And what the flies do they lay their eggs in places that are festering or stinky or what have you so imagine this man now with all these boils he's lost everything that he's had now he's got these boils covering his entire body that are full of pus, that are sore, that are painful. Some of them that are bursted open, have maggots crawling and moving in and out. I mean, I can't even imagine what he was feeling. But what I did, what I was able to feel, because God allowed me to feel this, was the pain and anguish, the mental pain, not the physical pain, but that mental pain that Job was experiencing, a feeling that God had removed his hand from him, a feeling that he was out of God's favor, that he was left alone, that's what I felt, and that broke me. To feel that type of pain, to feel that the Father is no longer with you is a feeling that no one ever, ever would want to feel. It terrified me because I knew, I mean, this is something that only lasted for a few minutes, but it was enough that it was memorable that I could say, all the times before in my life when I've ever told God Lord I feel so alone I feel like you are not with me. I had to retract all of that because I had never felt that before and I'm telling you it is a very lonely, a very scary place to be in this world and not have God with you. So the next over the next couple of days I continue to read the Book of Job, And, you know, he had really close friends that came, and these close friends that came told Job, Job, you're crazy, you know, how can you say that God deserted you, Um, you know, and all kinds of things, and, you know, and then, well, what if you didn't help the widow woman that needed help, or you turned away the hungry father, or you didn't feed the naked, or you didn't, I mean, I'm sorry, you didn't clothe the naked or feed the hungry. Um, you know, that was their kind of thing. And that went on through a couple of chapters. Um, so, you know, that may be a part that might kind of lose you a little bit, but I would encourage you to continue to read through it because in the end you will see how all of that does tie into, um, that conversation that God is going to have with Job and also the conversation that a young man that wasn't old like Job and his friends that also came along with him uh, and what he has to tell Job too. But he waits until the very end to talk to Job because he wants the older, wiser men to give Job their uh, encouragement. But you know, through the through this process, what you will find is that Job um, almost became to a state where he was wallowing uh, and I think at some points, I got a little frustrated with that. I mean, I understood his anger and his um, believing that God didn't wasn't with him, but it was like as it kept going and going, I was just like, oh my goodness, you know, it just it did seem like it played out a lot. Um, so then, The younger man, like I was mentioning, after the older friends finished talking, he eventually said what he had to say. And he said to Job, you know, Job, you say, who can be the mediator between you and God? Because God is judge and jury, basically. And he is the one who does everything. He said, well, I will stand, I will be your mediator, but, you know, stop making it seem like there's nothing that you haven't done wrong because everybody has done wrong. There's no one that is righteous in front of God's eyes. There's nobody that's perfect, you know? And so he just kind of explained it like that. And then God spoke to Job through a cloud, through a storm. God spoke and in a thunderous voice. This is how Job was saying, You know, that God was telling him all these things. And man, this was, I think it started in chapter 38 or 40. I'm not sure, but somewhere like that. God was just telling him, you know, who, who are you? Can you, can you make the, the, um, the, the snows, uh, or the ice womb open up to bring you know, ice and hell down, can you, um, can you face Leviathan, you know, how, and, I mean, man, it's just like how Leviathan, you know, most people have heard of him or that sea creature as a mythical sea creature, but it was this creature that actually probably still uh, is alive now, but how God described Leviathan, you know, this a big monstrous would make you shake in you were freaking, right when you're standing at it, his chest was like a, a rock and, I mean, scales were so tightly on his back that no air could go through and breathe fire out of its mouth and coals, I mean, just massive but how Leviathan even cowered or crawled to God and said, can I serve you? You know, I mean, our father is wow, he is amazing. He is phenomenal. He is astonishing. I mean, I there are no words that I can give him. There are no descriptive words with the amount of power that God, the creator of the universe, Elohim, El Shaddai, I deny. There is just no Physical descriptions that I can provide that will show the magnitude of the God we serve, the God I serve. Anyway, um, but after he had finished talking to Job, Job was like, "Well, yes, you know, it, what did he? Could he do? What could he say? Because he can't make this. He can't call the sun forth in the morning." You know, sure, we can wait and figure out what time it's gonna supposed to to rise, but we can't make it rise. God does that. God sends the thunder at the right time. He makes the lightning strike wherever he wants it to strike. You know, he calls the the waters to, to come to the shore just where he wants it and no further. Tells the water, you cannot go any further than this. No man can do the things that our Father can. Um, so basically, Job had to kind of re-humble himself in a sense and say, well, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I made mistakes, but yeah, but I, you know, I love you and I honor you. And 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 so in that, the end of the story, we know that uh, God gives Job everything and then some. He gave him back three daughters and four sons, I think. So he had seven or 14, I'm not sure now, I can't remember, at the end, but doubled everything that Job had lost. And Job lived to be a 140 years old. Um, And he was able to see four more generations, if I'm not mistaken, uh, come. But I think the big moral of this story and the reason why we were able to hear about it and it was recorded in the Bible is because there are going to be times in our lives when we may lose everything. We may lose family. We may lose houses. We may lose wealth. We may lose things that are of value. And even though we feel that we have lived an upright life, And even though we feel that we have prayed and we have given to God, you and I are not perfect. We will never be perfect beings. We will always sin. We will always fall short of God's glory. It's just as simple as that. You can do the best you know how every single day of your life. But I promise you, from the time you wake up until the time you go to sleep, you will have sinned against the Creator. Now we don't do it intentionally; most of us don't. But our thoughts, even your thoughts, become sin when you think things about people that you know may maybe they've hurt you, maybe. Um, you don't like them just because you don't like them. Um, Maybe you told a lie. Maybe you, um, you know, I don't know, but I can just tell you that as surely as we are taking breath in and out of our lungs, we will sin every single day, which is why it is important to do like Job did when before he became ill and all this struck him and how he would go every day and he would pray to God for his family forgiveness for him you know that and that's what we have to do every day we need to go before the Father and we need to pray and ask for forgiveness we need to ask him to forgive us for our wrong thoughts and forgive us if we've said or did anything to hurt anyone that we knew We did or we didn't know. Um, And then we also need to remember that sometimes when we go through all the things that we go through, there are reasons for it. And I know that's probably going to sound crazy to a lot of people, but sometimes we are tried and we are put on uh, a trial because Satan has partitioned God or because God just. You know, we've been asking for something and in order to be stronger, sometimes you have to go through. Sometimes he's got to break off that old molding that we have encased ourselves in in order for us to, uh, in order for the new things that are growing to come forth. Sometimes we have to be brought low in order that we may be able to see what our Father is doing and can do for us. And again, I know a lot of people are going to think, well, yeah, that's crazy. Well, that's because we don't think like God. So maybe you will see that it's crazy. And even when I'm going through things that I go through, I don't always understand it. I don't. But I trust God. And I know that it's for my good in the end, even if right at that moment, It hurts, and it's painful, and I wish it would go away. What I believe and keep saying is that what's coming is going to be all worth everything that I'm going through right now. So if we can change our frame of mindset and, you know, just speak things positively and not negatively. There's so much to gain. So like Job, we got to learn to hold on, no matter the sores or the wounds that we feel, that physical pain of losing family, of losing friends, of losing house, livestock, stocks in general, whatever it is, we have to just hold on hold on in the midst of your storm don't let what's around you what you see maybe that is no longer there or is crumbling away don't let that become your reality see farther, than what you're able to see with your physical eyes. You have to look with spiritual eyes. You cannot go through this world looking in the physical sense or you will miss a lot of information. There's a lot of information the Holy Spirit is trying to share with us and show us. But if we always look at it with our physical eyes, we will miss We will miss what is being given. So, on that note, that is our Bible study for Monday, July the 6th. Again, I pray and encourage you to read the book of Job. You know, take your time. Get through it. Pray for understanding. Maybe what I saw, you won't see. Maybe you'll see something different. And that's how the Bible is. It talks to us differently uh, based on what we need. Okay, so study the word, stay in prayer. We, we need prayer. The world needs prayer. We need to, to pray for everyone, those that we love and those that we may not. We need to learn how to pray for them. So stay encouraged. Uh, I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. And I hope you enjoy today's Bible lesson. God bless and have a great day.